welcome to Westside Family Fellowship in Prince George, BC, Canada. We're all about pursuing God, nurturing community, and strengthening family, with a mission to see all people become a part of God's family. Here's our Sunday morning sermon. I'll just start preaching over top of you guys if you'd like. I can do that too. Okay, media guy, don't put up the first slide. Do not put up the first slide because we have to have a test. What am I going to talk about first? Come on. What's that? Review. Yeah, what is it? It's review, George. Of course I've told you. It wouldn't be review if you didn't know. Come on. And loving God and loving your neighbor. Where do you find it? The Bible. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. What part, Rod? In the New Testament, yep. And in the Old Testament, as a matter of fact. Matthew chapter? Nope, not five. 22 from a pastor. Pastor in the front got 22. Anybody got a verse? Huh? Verse 31, close. It's like a one with a big hat on top. 37. Thank you. Okay, you can put the slide up now. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Remember, Jesus was being questioned. They were having arguments. Jesus was winning all the arguments because he's, well, really smart. And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. There is a Bible app. I know you all have phones because half of you text during sermons. (laughs) So I know you all have phones. And sometimes my brother, he texts me during the sermons. Little awkward. It's called Verse Locker. You can feel free to look it up right now if you'd like. Go ahead. I know you, you should pull out your phone anyway because most of you have your Bible on your phone. Go ahead. Uh, it's okay. Verse Locker. Verse Locker. I would recommend that you download this. I have a horrible time memorizing scripture. In the academy, we give our kids very long scriptures every month to memorize. And I feel so bad for them because I can remember, my, my kid in grade two memorizes verses faster than I do. And my wife came across this app called Verse Locker. And it is this little app that you put in what verses you want to memorize and it gives you all these little tools. All these little things like my favorite one is the blur function. So it has the one verse and then you read it and then you push blur and it randomly blurs out certain words. And then you read it. And then you push blur again and it eliminates more words and more words and more words until you have it memorized. It's a great tool. Now I can keep up with my child in grade two because I have a hard time memorizing things. Because we're going to keep doing this verse until you have it memorized. Let's ask the question, why, Pastor Lucas? Why should we memorize this verse? Because of the last part of it. All the law and the prophets, hang on these two commands. You want to 
know God and his will for your life and what he is saying to you through the word and through the spirit, it all gets covered by this. If you can drive this into your mind and into your heart, you'll love God well and you'll love people well. And it will help you navigate through the good, through the bad, through the fun times in life, through the difficult times in life. Is the greatest two commandments. If they're the greatest, we should have them first in our mind. Does everybody have it downloaded yet? Okay, moving on then. Hey, thanks, George. <laughs> what, what are we doing? Okay. A little bit more review. What is love? Does anybody remember? Love. There's two parts to love. Number one, affection. Love is affection and devotion. Most of the time when we first come to fall in love, like Tyler did with Martha, there was affection. And it was wonderful. Right? And when we first fall in love with God, there's these feelings of happiness, affection. You want to spend more time there. But then, as time goes on, the warm, fuzzy feelings can get a little bit less, a little bit less. They say the honeymoon period ends. Heads up, Martha, Tyler, the honeymoon period will eventually end. N Neuroscience actually says 40 months. For the, from the time you start getting the happy hormones... Your brain can handle those hormones on a regular basis for up to 40 months and then your brain just can't handle it anymore. So there is like this clock that's ticking. Now, I can tell you I have more affection for my wife now after 11 years than I did when we first fell in love and got married. But it's not simply just based on warm, fuzzy feelings or chemicals in my brain. It has a lot to do with the second part and that's devotion, commitment, steadfastness. Love God, you have to be committed because there will be times where you have no feelings at all. You just won't. Actually, you might even have negative feelings. Bad things happen. You go, oh God, why? Why would you let this difficult thing happen to me? Well, do you have devotion? Are you committed to God? Or was it just warm, fuzzy feelings? So it's both. But we also have to have that kind of love for our neighbors. All of our neighbors. Positive feelings towards our neighbors. Even to the neighbors that don't have positive feelings towards us. Not just, they might have negative feelings towards us and negative actions towards us. But Jesus says, love them. Show them affection and devotion. But the question is, is how? How do we do that? First John chapter four, 
verse 19. This could all sound like I'm telling you that you have to come up with this love. But 1 John 4, verse 19 makes it very clear to us. We love because he first loved us. This love that we have is love that comes from God to us and then through us. The first thing we have to do is accept his love for us. Do you understand? And often we don't. For lots of lots and lots of reasons, we don't receive God's love. Most of the time, we don't receive it because we don't think we're good enough. I have great news for you. You're not good enough. You're not good enough to earn it. He just gives it to you. It's a gift. It's a gift. And we lose sight of that way too fast. Sometimes we just flat out don't believe that God even exists. We're agnostic, we're atheists, we're whatever. We just don't believe in God. That makes it hard to receive something from God if we just don't believe he exists. But we have to remember that there's a supernatural love that God requires in the greatest commandments. It comes from God. And if you don't have it, it's really simple. You just need to ask for it. And then he'll give you opportunities to act it out. 1 John 4, verse 10. This is love. So I'm going to describe to you now what this love is that God gave you. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and that and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So the part where you go, I'm not good enough, he says, I know little human, but I'm going to wipe that part away. Don't worry about it. You want my love? Here's what my love does. Comes down from heaven, sacrifices himself, takes your sin, all the negative, pays for it, and you just go, man, that's love. First John is implying that he wants you to love yourself and your neighbors in the same way. But what do we do? What do we do as Christians sometimes, often, with our neighbors, especially the ones that don't agree with us? We end up not showing them sacrificial love. I want you to kind of challenge yourself a little bit and say, okay, am I really pursuing God's supernatural love? And am I allowing his love for me to really penetrate deep into my life and allow it to come out of my life by loving him back, meaning being devoted to him, and by serving and loving my neighbor? So, that part there was kind of like half review, half new stuff. Philippians 3, verse 20. 
why does God's laws matter to us, the believers? Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is heaven. If you could look at your real passport, the passport that would really matter, it would not say Canada on it. It would say kingdom of heaven. That's the country you belong in. That's where you come from because you've been born again by the Spirit. You looked at your, you were dead in your sin and then you came to life and it's like you got a new birth certificate and a new passport and it says, Lucas Chance, Kingdom of Heaven. It'd be really cool if I knew the exact date that I got born again, but I don't remember. Because <laughs> I would have said that date there too. But the fact is, is that you're a citizen in the Kingdom of Heaven. So the laws of heaven are the laws that you truly have to live by. But then we got to ask the question then, do we know the laws? And do we know what it's like in heaven? Question time, participation time, are you ready? All of you eager people, get your hands ready to put your hands up, yell out the answer. Are you ready? What's heaven like? <laughs> cinnamon buns. Cinnamon buns. Yes, probably cinnamon buns in heaven. Earth without sin. Interesting. What else? Streets paved in gold. Fun? You think there's going to be fun in heaven? I think so too. It's, a lot of heaven is described as like a wedding feast. And I think it's going to be some... Pardon? Jewelry? Oh, yeah. And it says there'll be a crown of, with gems in it, right? Yeah. What else? <laughs> lots of fishing. Lots of fishing. What was over here? Peaceful. Oh, someone reads Revelation 21. Very good. Presence. It says in Revelation there's no more sea. There's no sea in heaven. No more diets. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, you're out of a job in heaven. <laughs> Great new bodies. For me, the, uh, the part about heaven that really stands out is that we'll be in unity with God and we won't have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit anymore. Because right now, we have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, once you're born again, the Holy Spirit seals you. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life when you become a believer. Having the ungrieved anointing presence of the Holy Spirit, that's something that comes and goes like a gentle little dove. That bug's never going to be the same again. Sent straight to heaven, maybe. 
no more darkness in heaven. There's no more darkness. So a couple weeks ago, I made the, presented the idea that the kingdom of heaven is the presence of the ungrieved spirit, the ungrieved Holy Spirit. So we get that when we die and we go to heaven because we actually don't have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit in heaven anymore because there's no sin in heaven. Here we're still, still stuck with it. But Jesus says, In Matthew 6, verse 10, when he's teaching us to pray, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying is, is that we can live in the kingdom of heaven while we're still here. Well, we're here today. And Jesus proved it. Because it says when he was baptized, and he came up out of the water. John the Baptist said, I saw a dove, the Holy Spirit, come and remain on him. Meaning he never did a single thing to grieve the Holy Spirit. So we can live in such a way, if we live the way that Jesus teaches us to live, we can not grieve the Holy Spirit. So again, ask the question, well, how? That's great. Good theory. Good theory. I like theories. How? Galatians 5. Put Galatians 5 up there, starting in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. See, you are stuck, and I am stuck in a tug-of-war between the spirit and the flesh. And the flesh is this symbolic, yet practical description of the desires that we have inside of us that are contrary to the, de the desires that God has for us. Before you're born again, you can't beat the flesh. Once you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you and you actually have the ability to overcome. That's good news. They are in conflict with each other so that you 
are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, meaning the law of sin and death. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Those ones are kind of easy to spot. Right? Here's the ones that are harder to spot. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. And then he ends off with some more obvious ones. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I heard someone say once, you know if you're sinning, if you're angry with someone and what you are saying is making you feel really good. Can anybody think about that feeling for a second? Like, think about it. You're mad with your spouse or your coworker. Randy's not here right now, so I'll use him as an example. Your brother. Like, you're genuinely upset. And you're about to say something, and you're like, I'm pretty mad. I shouldn't say it. But then you say it anyway, and it's almost like you get this surge of adrenaline. You're like, yes, I'm so right. I'm giving it to that person. I'm justified in that. You've probably just entered right into the hatred that he was talking about. And you know what that does? It grieves the Holy Spirit. The little dove flies away. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit, will not live in the presence of the ungrieved spirit. But the fruit of the spirit there are songs about this. Get your veggie tails out. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. We, we know what love is. Affection and devotion to God. We know what love is. Affection in serving your fellow man. Joy. Well, what's the opposite of hating your brother and then really giving it to him? Joy. Peace. Forbearance. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here's the big kicker. Against, against such things, there is no law. Now, Paul is talking about, in the Bible, there's no law against these things. In many countries, there's no law against these things. In our country, there's actually some laws about, against these things. Because the world, in many ways, has wandered very far away from truth about what real love is and about what true joy and peace actually are. Kindness is a funny one. Well, kind is just give people what they want. That would be kind, right? No. That actually, most of the time, isn't kind. Give an addict a lot of money and a lot of free time. What generally happens? Bad things. Well, that's not kind, is it?
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What do you do when your fleshly desires rise up? Do you embrace them? Give them a big hug and do them? Or do you try to live by the Spirit? I say in this situation, what is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, gentleness, self-control? What are those things in this situation? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, the world's devouring itself. I've talked a little bit about the one million March for Children, and that's just the most recent example since the dawn of time. Sinful man has been doing awful things to each other. This just happens to be the current one. The current one that's newsworthy. All the other negative things that were happening before what this march was protesting, they're still happening. It's not like they stopped because they're not in the news anymore. Mankind has been devouring itself from the beginning. A couple of brothers... Just after the garden, one kills the other. Who knew? What is our job in it as citizens of heaven? To get mad with people? To hate them? To shake our fist at them? To yell at them? No. To love them. To serve them. Can't do that the way God wants us to do that without the power of the ungrieved Holy Spirit in your life. So if you're having trouble with that, living in step with the Spirit, then you need to fix that. I need to fix that. I really think I might get a mirror up here so that when I'm preaching, uh, you all just remember that I'm preaching to myself at the same time. If you're living according to the flesh, you have to stop. And you can. You can. Not that you will never make a mistake, but you can choose to read God's word, his laws, the laws of heaven, because that's what the Bible is. And you can put it in your head again and again and again. So when you get to a situation and the feelings rise up inside of you, you can go, well, what's right? What is true? I want to do what is right and what is true. And again, if you are having trouble with that, it's really simple. You just have to repent. Oof. That's kind of a gross word that we actually don't hear enough of. And yet we tell our kids all the time, don't we? We don't say the word repent, but one little brother steals something from the other little brother and, and we say, hey, go say sorry and give it back and then don't steal. We teach our little kids all the time to repent. 
But what do we do? When you sin, when you listen to the desires of your flesh and you realize it, do you simply just repent? Well, Pastor Lucas, how do we repent? Super simple. God did not make it complex. In the Old Testament, it was really difficult. You had to get all sorts of different kinds of animals and then you had to like pay for them. You had to walk a really long way to, to some temple or way back in the day, it was just a big tent. You had to wait for the right days. You had to get some priest involved. It was an ordeal. We don't have to do that anymore. We just have to believe that the sacrifice that Jesus made for us was enough. And then say, God, I'm so sorry for what I just did that was wrong. Big one or little one, it's all the same. The same blood paid for the sins that are big and the sins that are small. Because he does not want you to live without the ungrieved spirit. He wants you to live in the kingdom of heaven right now. He wants that more than you want it. He wants it so bad that he sent his son to die for you. And yet we just simply won't say to God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did wrong. Can you please help me do better next time? That's repentance. I'm sorry, God. I just yelled at my kids. It felt good in the moment because I was right. Oh, the flesh. I'm sorry, God. Kids, I'm sorry. Failed. God, will you please forgive me? And then... In the next breath, you can say, God, thank you for forgiving me because he is not slow to forgive us. The forgiveness has already happened. So believers, if you have something in your heart that you know is not in step with the spirit, just say sorry. You know what happens? The dove comes flying back. Don't you want the dove to come back? I want to live in step with the Spirit. So I need the Holy Spirit in my life. There's a monk. He used to, people used to travel from all over the world. They'd like pilgrimage to go see him because he was kind of like a Disney princess. Animals would land on him and sit with him. We, rode, we were down at Cottonwood Island a couple of years ago. <laughs> And you can go down, you go down Cottonwood Trails there and you take bird seed. The little birds will come and land right on your hand. And <laughs> JJ, he's standing there and he's waiting. He's waiting. And finally a bird. And he's just like, and it picks up some seed and flies away. So this monk would have an, all sorts of animals come and spend time with him because he was really, really peaceful. What's one of the fruits of the Spirit? Peace. Thank you. And they asked him, how do you live such a sinless life that you have this kind of peace? <laughs> he just shook his head and said, not a perfect life. He said, I'm just so fast to repent for my sin that I see the sin coming and it just bounces right off. He wasn't striving for perfection. He just realized that he was poor in spirit and was really fast to repent when he would do something wrong. 
when he would think the wrong thoughts. The result? He was living in the presence of the ungrieved spirit. He was living the kingdom life on earth. And that's the gift that God's given you and me. All we have to do is quit sinning. This side of heaven, all we have to do is be quick to say, God, I'm sorry, I can't believe I messed that up. Help me out here. And if there's anybody here that is yet to be a believer, it's really easy to become one. 1 John 4.19, this is love that God loved us first and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for us. All the sin, all the baggage that you're carrying, he, he just wants it. He wants your sin. He wants to carry it for you so you don't have to. How, Pastor Lucas? Easy. God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. And thank you for setting me free. I believe. I believe. And then go tell somebody. Because it says, believe in your heart. I believe, God, that you died for my sins. And then it says, confess with your mouth. Go tell somebody. Boom, born again. Welcome to the kingdom of heaven. That's all it takes. And then living the long life of a disciple can be an interesting one, hey? All the gray hairs are smiling the biggest. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, it's not as easy as it sounds, Lucas. Entrance into the kingdom of heaven is that, is that straightforward. Repenting for your sins is that easy. And then you get to live, like the scripture says, in step with the spirit. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Life without the spirit of God actively working in your life is not somewhere you want to be because the world devours itself The kingdom of heaven is love and joy and peace and kindness. Don't you want those things in your life? It's found in Christ. So the next time for us, for those of you who are believers, that you are dealing with people that disagree with you, don't get mad. Don't allow hatred into your heart. Love them. Be salt and light. And as you are salt and light, they will see the good works that you do. You don't got to go down, burn down their bad things. You have to do the good work that God has taught you to do and told you to do by keeping in step with the Spirit. And they will see those things. And they'll go, I wonder what that is. I'm interested. We have a ton of non-believers requesting to come into the academy. And when I ask them, well, why? Well, I mean, the kids look happy. It's safe here. It's all of these good things. There's joy, there's peace, there's love, there's kindness. And they're not, they're not believers. They're attracted to those things. And my answer to that is, okay, you want the fruit, but you don't want the tree. Get the tree in your life so that you can enjoy the fruit in your own life. Of course, of course you can come to our school and we'll love them and we'll tell them, we'll tell But be warned, the number one thing we're going to teach them is how much God loves them and that Jesus is the way. Let's pray. Well, Father God, we just thank you so much that you love us and that you loved us first.
And I just ask, Holy Spirit, where, wherever we are off the mark, wherever we have sinned, and wherever we're going to sin, all sin, sin is, it's, a, it's a term that means we've missed the mark. Where we have sinned as believers, God, I pray that you would show us and you would help us just to simply repent and receive your love. And for anybody here that is that doesn't believe in you, God, that you would just, in whatever way, in your gentle kindness, you would just show them your love for them and welcome them into the kingdom of heaven. And for believer and non-believer alike, where we're resisting God, you would just remind us again how much you love us and empower us to embrace that. And then empower us to live as kingdom, as citizens in the kingdom of heaven. We can't do it without you, Holy Spirit. We open our hearts to you and we just say, have your way. We thank you and we just commit all of this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and thank you for listening to this Sunday morning sermon from Westside Family Fellowship. Find out more about us at our website, wffpg.ca and occasionally on Facebook and Instagram.